the ones who came to get me, always the greys. I called them the meat suits because they were just like emotionless. You know what I mean? They just did their job. I don't know how, you know, how they get you out through the windows, through the ceiling. It just happens. It doesn't make any logical sense how it happens, but it does. And when I was taken, it was always to these facilities that were, it was always underground. There was always a place, I remember steps and bricks and you go down and then the next thing I know I'm somewhere completely else. You know, I don't remember the point A to point B and I don't remember a lot of things. I think so much of it was so traumatic that I blocked a lot of it out. When I was taken, it was always to these facilities that were, it was always underground. The history of our Earth is so different from what we can imagine. The Smithsonian, that if they found out about a large skeleton somewhere, was to go get it. I'm going to assume at least one person is right, because if one person's right, it busts the paradigm. It all goes back to the fallen chair. And the problem with the modern-day church, they have a very truncated view of the supernatural. This backdrop that's just pregnant with all kinds of meaning associated with this Mount Hermon event. And this guy defects from the kingdom. That's a big deal. Thank you for joining the Blurry Creatures Podcast. It's good to have you here. And uh, if this is your first episode, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, buckle up. You may you may want to tr- start somewhere more a little more innocuous, like you know the beginning. But uh, mm-hmm. we're going in. We're going in deep. We're going in heavy today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a really unique story today, Nate. Yeah, we've heard a lot of these things on the the podcast the last couple years in pieces. But then you interview somebody who comes to a place in their life where they want to tell you their story, and it, it sort of fills out the the narrative that we've been trying to pick piece together on this podcast in one episode. Like all these creatures and experiences that people have, like Tim Alberino and Daniel Duvall, have been talking about. And then it's one thing to interview someone who's lived it. We're just thankful that she trusted us and she wanted to come on our podcast and tell the story. And sometimes we're just sitting in the back seat waiting for the next thing to hit well who's getting in the car next right right or if you're if you're the uh, the lady from joe taylor's mothman you get the same mothman twice you know sometimes <laughs> that happens in this show it has to be the kind of car you're driving it's i think gotta be it's like an old dodge dart yeah you're driving a dodge dart green like one of the green like pea green and you just yeah just keep hitting mothman hey speaking it's of like 80s mag- cars I saw someone driving an old school Pinto yesterday on, on the on the road. Those things are dangerous, man. You can't get rear-ended in those; they blow up. It was it was mint. I was like, I almost followed it. I was like, that, I haven't seen one of those in years. Yeah, it's like eight hundred dollars brand new when they. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but not to make jokes in light of the situation. This is a heavy one. If you have kids and you're listening to this podcast, I know a lot of people send us videos and their kids are listening. It's probably not the one because there's a, there's a lot of stuff with the people who get abducted, the, the experiences they go through in terms of losing pregnancies and whatever else. So it's just heavy, heavy content. So maybe not kid friendly, just throwing that out there for listeners. But if you want to, you know, sponsor this show and help us make this content, we can't say thanks enough to all the members of the show, the podcast who give us a couple bucks a month to help Luke and I find these stories and, and put them out there. Just the two of us having conversations with people like you who've had some weird blurry experiences coming on the show. And the more members pile on, the more we can produce, edit, and record these shows. So if you can do that, how do you do that, Luke? Yeah, you know, Nate, you made a handy-dandy video. So if you guys go to our website, blurrycreatures.com, you can click in the top bar there. It says join members, actually. If you click on that, there's a video that walks through, you know, how you do it and what you get. You know, each and every one of you that support the show we're grateful for. And you're, you're allowing us to spend, you know, more and more time doing this, finding stories, bringing on experts and those who put the 10,000 hours in and, and talking about, you know, the things that don't get a lot of run typically in the church, right? So, you know, like Nate and I always say, we're looking for better answers. Uh, and a lot of these questions are don't have don't have a concrete answer, but we're looking for better answers in the biblical paradigm. And it is a journey podcast. So again, if you're starting here, you might want to start at the beginning. You can kind of follow this arc that this this trip that Nate and I have been on from talking about Bigfoot to you know unpacking the mysteries of, of abductions. Yeah. And uh, we had our first movie night. We watched a movie together with our gold members. I made popcorn. Luke made popcorn. People were putting it on their TV. And it was like a full live chat. We were all watching a movie at the same time through this really cool app. So the gold members are starting to get get the perks. So if you really want to step up a couple more bucks a month and sponsor us in the gold level, we're going to do more documentary watching parties. We watched Missing 411 documentary. It was a heavy documentary, but we were we were still having some of our friends from Australia joined us. It was a worldwide it was. event. It's international. International. It's an international affair. Have a little so- a little soiree. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was fun, uh, and and, and, and we've right. got an event coming up, Nate. Um, a members a members event in yeah. November. We'll release some details here shortly. Here in Nashville. Here in Nashville. So you can join us there. There'll be limited spots. We'll get you more information as we have more information. But for beginning of November, keep your calendars open, yeah. people. We uh, posted that in the members Facebook group. If you're a member and you haven't joined the Facebook group, you can hop into there. The links are all in the back end of our website to everything. We do members chats once a month. We're doing documentary watches and we're getting you exclusive unreleased episodes right directly to your own personal RSS feed. Blurrycreatures.com slash members. Become a member of the show. We are just constantly adding value to the member space, but you guys are the best and we're going to bring, we're going to bring Karen on and tell her story. We just kind of hop in. We don't do the actual, we didn't really know how to start this episode, so we just sort of step back and let her share experience it was we could tell from the beginning it was going to be a heavy one so we didn't want to we just wanted to be polite and and just respect her story and let her take it where she wanted so yeah let let it you know and i think in our style we let it be organic and authentic and so grateful for everybody to be here grateful to be on the ride with us here thank you again to karen for being vulnerable and talking about something that you she says that she doesn't really hasn't talked about so thank you for sharing for honor that you shared your story with us yes without further ado Without further ado, one last thing, Luke. Oh, yes, of course, Nate. BlurryCon. BlurryCon is, is right around. It's more than a dream right now. It's more than a dream. We have whispers of BlurryCon early February in Nashville. It looks like it's going to happen. So we're just going to tease that now. It's coming soon. Get your mullet wig ready. <laughs>
That's right. With some blurry guests that are, uh, we have a lot. We have a lot in the tank. A lot brewing in the pot. There's a whole lot of juice in there. <laughs> oh man, how do you transition to this this episode after a couple of a couple of screwballs like you and I talking? Let's and then just, now let's we have just to... play some of that music you like to play, Nathan Springer. All right, Karen. you're now entering the Bone Zone. <laughs> People are gonna know what you're talking about. The blurry verse. Blurry. Do you like the blurry verse intro? You want something else, don't you? I like the. You blurry. want like a, you want like a WWF intro? You want something no, weird? No, I mean for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, want you want? Yeah, I want music, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out like like the bushwhackers, walking like with my arms above my head like this. <laughs> We're gonna teleport you through a through an old telephone booth. Perfect. <clears throat> put me uh, put me right there. Clearly, it's just getting weirder and weirder by the by the episode. But thank you for being with us. This one's a heavy one. Once again, if you have kids, this might not be the one. But uh, head over to blurrycreatures.com. Get yourself involved in what we're doing. Let's get Karen on the show. Hey, Karen, thanks again for coming on Blurry Creatures. Um, we're just going to kind of sit back and let you tell your story. We've been emailing and texting, so we know where you're coming from. But we're just going to let you tell our listeners what you want. So maybe just start off with a little bit about yourself. And again, thanks for, for doing this. I'm about to be 56. I'm just a mom, mama five, grandma of five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couple adopted in there. So, you know, we adopted yeah. a couple when they were teenagers mm-hmm. of kids that had been adopted by some missionaries and just horribly treated. It was just a sad situation. Mm. Everyone always says, if you have a animal or a kid, you don't want just let it walk over to Karen's house. Cause she'll take it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. That's a good reputation to have. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, I guess. Right. Yeah. There could be worse yeah, things. could be a lot there worse than worse that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm just, you know, your basic typical housewife and mom and worked my whole life and just, you know, the usual. I did do an interview with L.A. Marzulli back in March. And so I and I'll tell you what that was about, but I don't feel that it would be right to share any of that until I think I sent you a clip where he talks where I'm in it and he talks about it a little bit. It's going to be the fourth movie. And I guess the movie is going to revolve around my testimony and then with supporting testimonies coming in. So I didn't realize that. Wow. Okay. I don't even know how long we talked. It was a while in person. We were at a Hear the Watchmen conference mm. in Dallas. So great guy, though. Yeah. Really yeah. nice guy. We've had Yeah, He's really interested yeah. in a really specific part of my story. And so that's really the only part that we focused on. Okay. But, um, you know, because he's got a very specific direction, I think that he's trying to take. Hmm. So, sure. But there are a lot of things I can talk about that sure. we I, we didn't. And it, it, you know, all, and honestly, Karen, if you wanted to talk about that stuff, we I mean, LA is a, f- a friend. We can we would always we would never release it until after his work came out, and if you okay. wanted to, but it's fine. Yeah, I don't mind. I hey, our thing is like, man, God is doing something really interesting and different with us, and we're here for it. But we all want to do right by everybody we come across. So if 
you do end up, right. let us know if you end up talking about it and we'll just save it till LA stuff is out and then we'll just we'll yeah. release it after that. And, or if you don't want to, that's completely fine with us as well. No worries. Honestly, I don't mind. You know, it's the first time I'd really talked about it. Okay. So it was a little unnerving, definitely hard to talk about. I've talked to my husband about it. Mm. No one else, honestly. Okay. Um, well, no worries then. Because it is yeah. a lifetime of you don't talk about this, you know, you can't talk about it. And also no one wants to hear it. <laughs> And that's still true. No one wants to hear it. You know, no one wants to believe it. It's an uncomfortable truth and it's a club you don't want to be in, you know, for sure. Mm. That's so, um, we get a lot, we get a lot of the stuff people don't want to talk. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's kind of, it's, yeah, we we do. do. And it feels like a safe place to talk about it too. Well, we appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, I have been part of a program. I can't even tell you. I mean, I don't know when the first time, I was abducted was because it was so little. My grandfather was a high level Mason. He was my adopted grandfather. He, my mom's birth father mysteriously died when she was two. This guy comes in from Lithuania, money, wife, child, divorces those two, sends them off to the West coast, marries my grandmother. I mean, and this was in the forties. So divorce, like that you didn't hear about no yeah yeah. so that was interesting but my mom and my grandma's lineage goes back to napoleon i don't know if that means anything but i remember them talking about that a lot we are o negative rh negative my dad's side is german and i don't know what that lineage is either but there just seems to be a lot of really weird things that they were very interested in Mm. the biggest one was my features and my blood type so um i started having sorry started having um i could just go right into something yeah. if you want trying to get her yeah off this is that. great because your yeah. claws hurt um from the time i can remember abductions and when i was little and my sister was three years older than me and i'm not gonna say any names because if some yeah. of these people are still alive and it's you know they don't want their story told. So I'm not going to tell their story. She was not cooperative. And I was a very cooperative child, (laughs) you know, uh, didn't want to get in trouble. Didn't want to do anything to make them mad, that kind of thing. And was shown graphically what would happen to my mommy and daddy and my sister, you know, things like that. If I did step out of line, they showed me a, and maybe like a screen memory. I've heard think people describe it like that, where they were going to spray something on the backs of their necks and they would just die. I have no idea what that was. It was the weirdest thing. Hmm. But Karen, when they when you say they show these things to you, is it like in your mind or do you like on a screen? Yeah, it's or? almost like watching a movie. It's like it's in front of you, almost like there could be a TV screen there and you just see it. You know, the same thing as a lot of the communication is just you know speaking without words they don't speak directly. It's kind of a telepathic, I guess, type communication. Hmm. So um, it's a, and I guess just to, just to start from the very beginning, when you say abducting, like classic alien abduction, is that, is that what we're talking about? Classic, classic, classics, always the ones who came to get me always the grays. I called them the meat suits because they were just like emotionless. You know what I mean? They just did their job. And 
Are they are they taking you like out the window or are they taking uh, you through up the through the ceiling, out through the window? I remember, you know, there were either at our home or my grandmother's home a lot at my grandmother's home and um which is where that grandfather lived. And uh it's so funny the things you remember as a child because I remember getting so close to this big square light fixture on the ceiling, you know, old fashioned and it was like um the Lone Ranger and it had like the horse and the Lone Ranger and all this stuff etched into this like in brown on this white thing and I'm getting so close to it that I can see the little bugs in it <laughs> you know it's weird when you're a kid and or seeing the pictures and everything on the wall gets so far away you know and and um I don't know how you know how they get you out through the windows through the ceiling it just happens it doesn't make any logical sense how it happens but it does Mm. And when I was taken, it was always to these facilities that were, I don't remember, I remember flying and I remember being up in the air and I remember being able to see everything and to feel like I was actually able to be a part of that process later on. But it was always underground, always to, there was always a place, I remember steps and bricks and you go down and then the next thing I know, I'm somewhere completely else. You know, I don't remember the point A to point B. And I don't remember a lot of things. I think so much of it was so traumatic that I blocked a lot of it out most of my life. And then after a couple of years ago, I had a near-death experience. I have a lot of surgeries. My body's literally falling apart. And I think a lot of it has to do with all the stuff that's happened. Mm. But um, the near-death experience was the most incredible thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, I'm laying on a hospital table. Surgery hasn't started yet. I've had so many that they don't even give me the sedatives. I'm already, I'm just in there on the table waiting. I'm not even hooked up to any machines yet. I have two IV ports, but no IV. In. And uh, the uh, anesthesiologist comes in to push a uh, sedative. And instead she gives me a paralytic and walks away. And there's nobody around me. And... I'm trapped, you know, you can't move, can't breathe, can't nothing paralyzed. And an audible voice in my head says, it's okay. You can let go now, let go of this body. And I experienced just the most amazing sense of love and peace. I was outside of my body. I could see everything going on. I could hear all the things they were saying. I saw my a nurse going, is she having an allergic reaction? I don't know. You know, go get Dr. Mm, I'm not going to say his name. And uh, he runs in, he's like, bagger, bagger, you know, and they're trying to revive me. And I can see the whole thing. And these are things I couldn't have seen from my position right. on the bed, so on the gurney or whatever it's the table. <laughs> it was really incredible, but hmm. I didn't have one of these things where I end up, you know, walking around heaven and hanging out with Jesus or anything like that. You know, yeah. I just, at one point it just went black and either I'm not intended to remember that yet, or that was it. I don't know. I do know they had a really hard time getting me out of anesthesia and I, they would bring every time they bring me up out of the anesthesia, I'd start just screaming in pain. I think coming back into this body was <laughs> harder Mm. having been outside it and experiencing that. And about the fifth time they tried to bring me out, I look and at the foot of the bed and the recovery are these two just beautiful young men. And I look at them, I'm like, oh my God, you look like you could be two of my kids. You know, they just about that age, about that height, just, you could just 
feel the love coming off of them. They were just so sweet and they just calmed me down. And that was, that's how I got through recovery. And they stayed with me all the way up to the hospital room. And we get to the door and my daughter-in-law, who I'm very close to, and my husband were standing there at the door because it had been hours and they were worried hours past the surgery, which took hours. I grabbed both their hands. I'm like, Oh my God, I gotta tell you what happened. And oh, you have to meet the boys. They're so sweet. I don't even know their names. And they're like, who are you talking about? Who are you talking mm. to? You know, and I didn't see them. And I looked up and all of a sudden they were gone. Um, so I think those were my angels. I think those were, I think they were sent to just oh. get me through that. It was amazing. But I told them right away, everything that had happened. And then, you know, the doctor kind of confirmed the things that happened. So they knew wow, you really didn't see all that because there's no way I could have known it. Um, Anyway, after that, I started to remember a lot more because the PTSD from that experience, I had to go to a lot of counseling and learn to deal with PTSD. And because of that, it helped me deal with the PTSD I had from all these other things that had happened throughout my life. Mm. I mean, you know, I was just so beaten down by what had happened. Some of the things are not appropriate to talk about, I think, (laughs) on you know to other people but you know i was always told i was never good enough never smart enough never pretty enough never well behaved enough you know by them and the things that happened to me were just disgusting so that's when i was able to start remembering i mean because up until that point even if there was a i was you know looking at the guide on tv and flipping through channels anything that had the word ufo in i had to flip past really quickly i Mm. could not fathom Mm. listening to thinking about, reading about, talking about mm. any of it. It's just, I couldn't, it's too, it, it was terrifying, terrifying, but that helped me get through it. So Karen, you think like the, the near death experience kind of unlocked these things for you in a way, like, like sort of unpacking that, that experience and that trauma yes. kind of opened, opened some of those places. It really did. Cause these aren't memories that just like flooded back. I had these memories, but I was, able to admit that I had these memories like, that like makes process it. Right? Yeah. Instead yeah. of just mm. pretending I don't remember this, just push it back down, push it back down. That's kind of down. what our episode with Daniel Duvall was a little bit about. He talked about how most of the time he's just giving people permission. Like this, this is your experience. It's okay Yeah, that you had it and you can, we can talk about it, but I can only imagine that from a good portion of your life, you don't, you don't want to have the memories. You don't, no, you don't. You don't want to remember it. You know, I couldn't look out a window at nighttime. I don't care where I was. Unless I was with someone, I couldn't go outside. I couldn't look out a window. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Because you're experiencing all the classic alien, the ships and the technology. Yeah. And I don't know when they're coming back, you know, and that was the hardest part. You get the sleep paralysis. You get the broken memories. You get bits and pieces of things. And and my situation was I think fairly unique in that I was because of my family and who I was within this program, I was fairly well protected. When I was there in these facilities, there were military people. Mm. There were people who looked like people like you and my humans for lack of a better word. And then there were, I like how Tim Alberino puts it elder race type people. So there were, alien entities and they were humans together Hmm. and they put me in when I was little with other little kids 
and there's there there's always in the same room usually that was had little round tables like you get in preschool or Sunday school with the little plastic kind of not quite red chairs, you know, <laughs> they yeah. might've been in the sun too long. And a lot of these kids were really messed up mentally, emotionally. And I remember then when I would go to school or Sunday school, um, I was always drawn to those kids that we had in our lives. There was always one or two kids who had mental disabilities, developmental disabilities. And I was drawn to them because I was just used to being with those kids. Mm. And the teachers would be like, does she have somebody at home? My mom's like, no, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Well, I knew why. Cause I was really comfortable with them. You know, I was used to it. They'd have like crayon, weird tools, like crayons, coloring books, blocks, nothing special. Just, you know, wanted us to interact, but these kids oh. were not right. I'm telling you, it was, it was not cool. And there were a lot of the tall blonde ones around and they did not like me. <laughs> they were mean to me. They didn't like me. They didn't like the fact that I was protected. And I don't know why I was so protected, but I was. It could have been, I don't know. I don't know what the ties were into it. Um, how, how early did this start for you? Or how early do you remember this starting? Like, are you, I, you know, my earliest you... memory around, I was around three years old. And we were at a graduation ceremony for my father's niece. Now, I remember my father's side is German. They are tall, they are thin, they are blonde. <laughs> And they try to hand me back to his nephew. And I had just lost it with fear because this guy had that same, those same features. And I knew these people didn't like me and he looked like one of them. Mm -hmm. Similar, you know? Yeah. And that's my earliest memory of just the fear and always, always just in the middle of the night, either before or after being taken or when I could sense they were coming just going and crawling under my parents' bed and trying to hide there. You know? Can you tell us about, I don't want to cut you up, but I'm just curious, like when you have a, a sense that they're coming, how does that, how is that? Does it, it's fear. Is it like, it's, it's, a, it's just overwhelming fear comes over you or? It's, it's like, you can feel it in the air. Like there's a change, like there's almost mm -hmm. a static electricity or something in the air. And you just start to feel this overwhelming sense of almost dread. And I still can get that. And I get that with some people too. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, when I see certain people on TV or certain people in the crowds, I put out people and I'm like, that's one of them. I can tell, I can feel it. I can see it. There's just a look about them that is just so distinctive to me, but I can see it. Hmm. And they're all over the place. I mean, not like, you know, more than I see just normal people, but they're all over right. Wow. Sounds like they live. Sounds like Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Seeing, <laughs> it's it's seeing like I have the glasses, glasses right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. So you're, you're going through the window or you're going through the ceiling of your bedroom. Are you going into a craft? Or are you just kind of floating through the sky? I mean, how is that? Going into a craft for sure sometimes. And sometimes I remember that in the flying part, like, cause you could see it's like, it was like, it was, you know, Wonder Woman's plane. <laughs> Yeah. Like where you can see through. That's the only thing I could think to that you can see. It's like, even though there's walls, you can see right through to everything. It's like opaque. You can see everything below and around you. I don't know if they, you know, I obviously don't remember all of the transport process mm -hmm. every time. I do remember sometimes literally walking down steps into somewhere and then ending up somewhere, you know, it just being on... <sighs> maybe a bus or a train or something weird like that, but it wasn't, it was in a tunnel, like tunnel type 
situation. So it was, it was very confusing to me as a child because I'd never experienced anything like that outside. Are, of that. are you awake? Yes, but you know, I don't have a full hundred percent conscious memory of everything. Obviously they don't want you to remember everything, right. but some of it's just too strong to block. And sometimes you have to be conscious. I mean, they were teaching me things. They were wanting me to know things. They were, you know, not quite sure. I don't think where this program was going at the time necessarily, but so I was learning, you know, I was one of these kids of the kids in my family where I was considered the super, super smart one. I don't know how that happened, you know, but I knew when I was little, you know, mommy, everything's made of energy and weird things like that. And you're like, what is she talking about? You know, <laughs> right. you know just weird things like that. They hmm. talk about and Karen, what, what is the program that you're talking about? What is, what is that? The only way I can describe what I was a part of, because it was organized. Yeah. I was there because of who I was and because I was chosen to be there through the process. I think of, you know, him marrying my grandmother and, and the blood type and the bloodline and everything else yeah. that had a lot to do with it. And that's like, they tell me you're here because you were chosen to be here. Hmm. What are they teaching you? Oh yeah. Just, you know, about, you know, how the world worked about, you know, not, I wasn't, wasn't like sitting down going to school or anything like that, but you know, some of them were nice and would just talk to me about, you know, what I remember walking around these rooms and it seemed like all the walls were curved. So weird, (laughs) white, smooth curved walls. And I would just run my hands down the wall and they'd be walking me somewhere. I don't know where, I don't know to do what, you know, I think they kind of put you under when they do some of these things to you, especially as a small child. Cause you kind of, cause I remember getting a needle straight into my neck and just being like, fuck this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, yeah. you're, I'm not cooperating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, asking about little things you see. Cause I'm a kid. I don't understand it. Right. And they're telling, you know, how do we get here? How does this happen? And they're like, everything is energy. You know, your energy, these, Walls are energy. Everything is energy. Everything is, you know, and that's how it works. It's the energy lets you go here and go there. I didn't understand it. And I don't even know how much they taught, but I know that school was just a, a no brainer for me. I didn't even have to pick up a book. Hmm. You know, it just hmm. was easy. And I don't know how I knew that, what I knew. I just did it. So I'm guessing, oh. you know, I don't remember knowing that they taught me some things. Maybe there was more. Who's taking you? Can you describe the creatures or the entities that are sort of interacting with you from point A to point B? Like, Yeah, there's a lot of different. I don't like to talk about I'm sure. the grays, but the pictures that you see are pretty darn close. They're smaller. They're the big eyes. The, they're cold. I've touched one's hand. I remember touching one finger, like hand thing once. And it just felt bony and cold and gross. think of anything to describe it because when i was little i took an elephant took my cotton candy and i punched it because i wasn't scared of it i guess i <laughs> stopped being scared of things it didn't feel like an elephant but it's the closest thing i can think of <laughs> took your cotton candy. 
I punched it. I, I, oh, yeah. I like these anecdotal stories. I just punched <laughs> my candy. Maybe like a maybe know. like a cold blooded reptile or something. You know, something that's yeah, maybe I don't know. It's weird. They just they just seem just cold, emotionless, rude. But they were you know, and and they were I guess like the transport guys. You okay, know what I mean? they're, they're the ones to the thugs that come and get you, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And then they were the the ones that looked like a little might like us, like my family and stuff. The taller ones, they're tall, they're blonde, they were very very fair skin more than we are obviously not in the texas sun um yeah they uh, had like really clear clear icy almost icy blue eyes and you say you see the you see the, you see them in public still you said well not those but i see what i believe to be hybrids for sure mm-hmm. they're different i mean obviously the reason I had the conversation with LA, not it, this kind of skips it ahead, is that one of the things I remembered, and I've known, always known this, I had um, a lot of unexplained missing pregnancies. And as mom, it's really hard to talk about because you, mm-hmm. you know, you get pregnant, you go to the doctor, there's baby there. A couple of weeks later, something's wrong. You go back and there's no baby. It's gone. And that's one of the things I talked to LA about was because. Um, so there's not, there's just nothing there at all. Yeah. Like DNC that. doctors like there's no fetal tissue. It's like, are what you, you sure you didn't, you know, expel the baby at home? Like, no, I wouldn't know. I would see that. <laughs> I would know that. Horrible. I okay. mean, you know, if you're, you have a cut on your arm, you're bleeding, you know, it, you know, it's the same thing, you know, it's not just going to, away yeah, that's, that's what I, had, I mean we, we lost a baby last summer i mean that's uh, it's oh, just heartbreaking hor- hor- it's horrific it's horrific i, I can't even it imagine is. like having that it happen is. And I, I think that's where my desire to you know take care of any kid that comes along or any animal that comes along comes from because i feel like i've had so much loss hmm. and there was a point where i kind of wanted i thought if they're out there i want to see them i want them back i remember your kids. Yeah. I remember there was one, the only incident, sorry. The only incident I remember having any contact with them was they took me and into a room with another woman, the alien entities. And they brought me this little baby creature. And it was about, probably about six pounds. It was very compact. It was very almost dark purple, blue in color. They told me it was mine and they told me to hold it. And of course I did, but it didn't respond to me. You know, with my babies, when I had them, they literally just melted into my body. You know what I mean? They hug onto you and cuddle into you so hard. And there was another woman there and doing the same thing. And it didn't respond to me. I still knew it was mine. And so I wanted to keep it. And, you know, they weren't having that. No, no, <laughs> not you, know, you don't get to keep this baby. I was really, really, I remember just being so distraught, so upset about that. I didn't care that it wasn't right. I wanted to give it a chance and it was mine and I still wanted to try to fix it. I understand now and, you know, in my Christian walk that there's no way that child had a, a spirit soul like we do, you know. Um, Hmm. I know from, you know, my near death experience that 
when I let go of my physical body, I was still me, you know, without form. I wasn't male or female. I wasn't, but I was still me, this personality, this, you know, person that you talk to yourself in your head, that person, I was still exactly the same person. It's so weird, you know, without the definitions that we have of gender, race, ethnicity, blah, 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 right. you know, how tall are you, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was, that was the wildest part about it to me is that we do completely a hundred percent. I guarantee you go on. And we are still who we are. That personality goes with you. It's part of your spirit. Yeah. It's part of who you are. So you better have a, you better have a good personality. Then, right? <laughs> <Yes. Otherwise, laughs> you better you're, like stuck, you're stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to yeah. say. Yeah. You can't get rid of it. That reminds me of a lot of what Micah was talking about when we did our interview with him. He brought so much yeah. personality. You know, he interacts with, the spiritual world. And I just remember leaving that interview thinking, man, there's so much, he just brought so much personality to the table. We have a tendency to think of everything as just very structured and boring in the spiritual I world. I think I've listened to that one yet. And I've still got a few I haven't gotten. No, to. that's I'm, fine. It, it, yeah. it just, it just left me thinking that if anything, you know, we're, we have a lot, we're going to, we're going to learn a lot of things when we, when we move to the next life. But oh, yeah. how, how old are you when this is taking place? And do you believe that I mean, we've we've heard about on our show that the the breeding program is taking place. These aren't humans; they're hybrids. Are they impregnating people and then taking these hybrids? So that's it's, what happened to me. I can't speak for other people. I can speak to what happened to me. Mostly in my twenties and early thirties. I don't ever. Yeah, it was not until I was early twenties. Is that what they're preparing you for, you think? Like as a child, they're preparing you for... I think so. I think it was part of it. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, one of the things was to see if it, you know, to have me interacting with the other children, to, you know, maybe teach them how to be, to teach them more about how we as kids played and how we acted because they didn't know how to play. Hmm. You know, they didn't, they were just, there was something very wrong with them. Hmm. And, so they didn't know how to communicate, how to interact, how to play. And we just play with them. And it was like, hmm. Mm, okay. So you have these hybrid children down there and they bring normal human children down there. And they're trying to get you guys to interact and hang out and play with each other. That makes a lot more sense. Karen, did you think that they were, in addition to having you interact with these potentially hybrid children, do you think they were grooming you for this? That was the whole point? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there were barrages of medical tests, things done that there was an incident in uh, kindergarten where my mom was called to the school because I was, um, they found me in the fetal position in the corner of a bathroom stall and I refused to get up. I refused to talk to anyone. And I just, you know, I said, no, I'm, I don't want anyone to, I don't want them to touch me anymore. I don't want them to bother me anymore. And I was just done. I shut down. I mean, I was six years old. <laughs> That's a pretty young age to shut down. So she takes me to the doctor, just a medical doctor, you know. I mean, this is, got to remember, this is early 70s. So this wasn't something you were really prepared to deal with. Like today, we deal with things. We have so many more tools that are advantage with our kids. Doctor's like, well, clearly something happened to her. She won't remember. She's too young. She's fine. Take her home. You know, and that was the end of it. But I shut down. I mean, I just, I'd had it. My little kid brain couldn't take it anymore. One time they just had me read in front of a bunch of them. Read a book. Just read. 
I was a kid. I don't know. I didn't even know what I was reading. That's the weird thing. For these hybrid kids or were there other entities down there too? Different kinds of beings. So some of them were the blonde haired ones. Some of them were just people like us, like that worked there. Do you, believe, do you believe you were in like a deep underground military base, like a dumb? I think that's where they these things were happening. Now that I have heard, especially I think I I wrote it down because that the one where that gentleman was talking about it, and I I think I emailed you. I can totally relate to that. Yeah, because yeah. I had never really heard about that before. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what it was like. Yeah, he gets it. I can totally relate to what he's talking about. Because I didn't know what it was, you know. Yeah, you talk about like trains and tunnels and it's like, mm-hmm. the, you know, we, we've talked not so specifically about that subject. We have plans to do it, but it sounds a lot of like what you hear, like yeah, in the ground, never... there's military personnel, there's extraterrestrial or, you know, whatever ent- entities there. And there's, what is it? Uh, Grav? I think it's Maglev. And there's like a network of these things. It's what I what I think about when you talk about being yeah. in the ground. I'm I mean, unfortunately, that's what it is, I but. don't know the intricacies of where I was or how it all worked. I didn't see that. I know one time they took me up. We went up in this like elevator thing and out a door. It was like a big metal type door that opened and it was just sand. Beautiful, like, you know, like Florida white beach sand. And they're like, if you try to leave, you know, there's nowhere for you to go. I mean, look, mm. where are you going to go? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cause they kind of let me roam around a little bit too. Sometimes to a certain degree, there were places that I wasn't allowed to, to go, but they let me roam a little bit too. And it was, it was weird. I felt like sometimes I felt like they weren't sure what they were doing with me. Honestly, mm. a lot of medical tests, a lot of stuff like that. I was with one specific guy for a lot of it and i guess that's where the grooming part kind of came in because he was always dressed in like military fatigues with like you know the pants tucked into the boots laced up and he always had the really military like kind of shaved haircut super round head thick thick neck you know <laughs> I weird things you remember pretty eyes yeah. and he was really nice to me and he was with me i remember walking the halls with him a lot and then and he was, he was with me a lot in, there seemed to be kind of a period of time where I wasn't, I don't remember being there very much kind of in my mid to late teens before it, there was kind of a little break. And around that time, I've always been, you know, church and Christian and all that stuff. But around that time, my roommates and I were listening to a Duran Duran song, you know, the election day song. And we were singing the words and we're like, Huh, I wonder what this means. And two of them had very born again moms and were much more familiar with the Bible than I was. So we pulled out our Bibles, you know, we always had them and we started looking up references and looking at that song and we all got born again or born again, again, in some cases on the spot that night, you know, and mm. back to church and going to full gospel churches, non-denominational churches, Pentecostal churches, Rod Parsley's church. I remember <laughs> going there um just any church we could get to just soaking it all up and for a while there that really seemed to stop while we were in that phase in our lives Hmm. and then when i get married i've kind of fell away you know his family wasn't christian wasn't religious at all really that's when it started again and that's when i started having the miscarriages i had two with him the first one was right around three months and like i said there was they 
I was spotting and I knew something was wrong. And so I went into the hospital and they couldn't find a heartbeat. They did a DNC and they found zero fetal tissue in my uterus, nothing. Another one, I was still testing positive that I was pregnant, but I was spotting. And so they thought it must be a tubal pregnancy. And so they went in, they didn't have all the nice ways they have of doing it now. So it was a terrible procedure because they thought I had a baby maybe in the fallopian tube and it wasn't there. It was nothing again. Like an, like an ectopic. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah, ectopic. Thank you. I couldn't think of the name. And uh, so this happened three times that were very apparent where I had doctors involved. And uh, sorry, it's just really hard to. No, no I no, we, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. They, um, I think the hardest part for me was, you know, a lot of that was insemination and, you know, there was nothing really weird going on with that. But part I don't really like to talk about, I, I don't really want to get out there, but I think it's kind of important. So without using all the words, right. <laughs> really hard to talk about. Like they, they screwed me up sorry (laughs) for you know my whole life i don't relate to people the same way i don't relate to physical intimacy the same way i it just really messed me up Mm. um they utilized me and it's funny because okay i'm with the same guy this one you know the military guy bald head and he's i feel like he's grown an affection towards me at this point you know i know i had him felt that way about him like just a, a kindness affection not like and i'm in love with you type affection so he was forced to perform an act on me and there's this room that's really big really kind of like an oval shaped room and around the top it's like a two or three story high ceiling there's windows okay and in those windows i can see all these people that worked there and the human people yeah. and they're made to watch what is happening to me. And he's telling me, act this out, act like you're in distress. You know, it's me, you know, I'm not going to, you know, he's helping me calm through this, which yeah, I don't care what you say. It's not going to make it any better. And they're, you know, using it as an example of you don't want this to happen to you, to your family, to your loved ones. Because people wanted to talk. They were saying things that they didn't they didn't feel good about. They were working on projects they didn't want to work on. I mean, I liken it to, you know, joining some kind of a mafia or a gym membership or something where at first it seems like it's going to be really great. You're getting paid great. It's a, the benefits are going to be amazing. And then you realize what you have to do. And you're like, no, thanks. And they're like, oh, no, this is a lifetime membership, you know, hmm. fight club, right? You don't talk about first right. rule fight club. And so they had a lot of different ways of keeping these people quiet because I was always like, why isn't somebody doing something for me? Hmm. You know, you see me, I'm here and I'm not the only yeah. one. Why aren't you doing something? And I was a lucky one. You know, I wasn't being treated as badly as some of the other people, you know, and, and I wasn't, you know, I've heard, you know, now that I can finally listen to and, hear stories I'd, I'd love to just sit in a room full of people who have had some of these random experiences and just everybody talk hmm. because i think from a christian perspective 
you know, A, there's a lot other people could learn from it and B, we could just really help each other through it because it doesn't make sense. It just busts every paradigm you think of. It's an inconvenient truth. Hmm. Can I think right. of another cliche to throw in there? Right, right. Well, I mean, yeah, you, there's not a lot of people you can talk. You can't really talk to people about it. It's an yeah, uncomfortable you, truth, that, but it's the yeah, truth. I mean, these things happen to me and, you know, you don't have to believe it. But just because yeah. it doesn't happen to you, I'm not saying you guys, but, you know, hasn't, but right. doesn't mean it's not true. doesn't mean it didn't happen and doesn't mean it didn't affect every effing facet of my life. Oh, right. You know, there's a lot of therapy and, and you can't tell a therapist this stuff. Yeah. So when I finally got help for the PTSD from my near death experience, that one is when I was actually able to kind of get some help to help me with this and start to be able mm. to unpack some of it. Huh. I mean, I'm 56 years old. I need to be, you know, yeah. it's time to deal with some of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Karen, how many, how many times do you think you were taken? Oh, countless. I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you. Did it stop? I think so. I'll tell you. The most recent, so after I had my conversation with L.A., Mm-hmm. I was just, they were very, very mad. And I'm sure they'll be very mad now too, though, talking, whoever they is. Right. Whoever still listens. I mean, I'm not important anymore, you know? I mean, based on the things they did to me, I've spent my life having tumors removed and having hysterectomy and all kinds of other shit because everything was just so, my doctor's like, I don't know how this got this way, but we have to take it out, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. Yeah how it what happened how to get like this i'm like i don't know yeah. <laughs> hmm, right. so in after i talked to la it's night i'm in bed my husband and i can feel coming i can feel the presence coming i i'm like honey honey you know saying his name trying to he won't wake up he won't budge he's which is what happens i mean every time something's happened hmm. whoever is in the room with you or wherever you are they are unconscious like nothing is going to wake them up they are just like frozen in time nobody can help you you know no one can hear you you know don't scream no one's going to hear you it doesn't matter you know but that's why i had the conversation with la because about eight months before i talked to him you know i had been thinking about these babies maybe about a year before that and just wondering are they alive are they anywhere near normal are they mm-hmm. you know um i was starting to be able to open up to my feelings about it and i realized you know and i was like i really really want to see them and then i had to really pray hard against that because i realized that is not something i want you know in retrospect thinking about what that would entail mm-hmm. but um one night i wake up and i think and at this point, I only have one kid living at home, um, and he's an adult kid. But um, I think three of the kids are standing by the bed. And this is the first thing I think, because my eyes and there they are. And I'm, I look at them, and then I realize, wait a minute. A, they don't all live at home right now. B, these guys, they're too short. But they look like, my, I, I know they're my kids. Hmm. You can tell. Mom can just tell, you know. And I'm, then I just, and I look at them, and they're, they're trying to get me to come get off the bed. And I won't. I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not going with them. <laughs> and they're angry at this point. It just felt evil, evil coming out. This is recent. This, yeah, this was about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It just haunts me to this day because, you know, it, a mom knows her kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you've 
recently had a kid. If you put that baby in a room full of hundred other babies, that mom's going to be able to go and pick out her baby. You know, it's just, that's just how it is. Is this happening to your kids too? Have you talked to them about that? Um, no. Cause I know. A lot and got to remember, and it's only just recently that I've been able to talk with my, you know, deal with it myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I feel, you know, I, I hope it's not, I know I need to talk to them. I don't think they're ready to have that conversation with me yet. Mm, That's yeah. a really hard place for me to go. Cause I'm so protective with my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's totally understandable. And I yeah. feel like if I had been able to deal with this earlier than if it has happened to them, I feel a hundred percent responsible and like I should have done something and I should have allowed myself to deal with all of this earlier in life so that I could stop that. Hmm. So for me, this is a really tough one because it's um, because I feel uh, if it's happening, then I feel a hundred percent responsible and I don't, I don't know how to deal with that. I really don't know how Uh to, I don't know how to talk to him about it. I don't know how to deal with it with them. I mean, I'm still really ill-equipped to, deal with it myself yeah and we appreciate you you know we're both fathers and we we know your life changes at that moment i can only imagine Uh, you know yeah when you first hold that baby in your arms and you just Mm -hmm. you know as a woman when you're pregnant you know and you know that child you have that intimate bond right away Mm -hmm. so to lose and i am so sorry for your loss that you know it's just it's an indescribable pain. Mm-hmm. But then to see these beings there by the bed, and I recognize them as mine, you know? And no, I don't think it was mimicking or anything else. Um, I did not get that sense at all. Yeah. I could feel that familial sense about, but I also didn't feel any love coming from these things. They weren't right. And I wouldn't go. Yeah. And I'm desperately at this point trying to wake my husband up. Who is again in one of those kind of coma sleeps where you just can't even rouse them no matter what you do. And so I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying it away. Right. And, you know, as soon as I start praying and as soon as I start, you know, and calling the name Jesus, they're gone. And then he wakes up. He's like, what? I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> Mm. slowing the trigger there pal (laughs) you wake up all the time and not when i need you to wake up yet (laughs) but it's you know he had no control right i mean clearly they kind of they have this thing where they just put them to you know make them sleep i mean it's just it's crazy but i think that i was chosen to be a part of this because of who i am because of my blood type i think they thought the blood type would work a lot easier for them I think my involvement, things were still in the experimental stages. I know things are a lot different now, you know, from what I'm hearing. So, and I see these hybrids, you know, we were, we met this couple, we're out to dinner and we were just having dinner at the bar of a restaurant and met this couple. We're doing that and his girlfriend, much younger than him, sitting on the other side of him. And we're talking, talking, talking to them, you know, I'm, I'm a friendly person. I talk. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) finally he gets up to go to the men's room and, she she looks up and looks at me and I'm like, oh fuck. this woman is a hybrid. I can just, you know, I can tell and see and she knows that I know. And so we're leaving and he's like, oh, let's exchange information and all like that. And she's like, you know, and I did reach out to them. So thought, I need to meet her again. She wants nope. <laughs> she does not want to get together again. What do they look like and what do you think the p- purpose of them is? For me, I don't I don't know what the purpose is. I can only speculate. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're 
being inseminated into our society. I don't know how many there are. I don't know what the purpose is. I would, I would speculate that it's nefarious because I will tell you, you know, nothing of what I experienced was good, and nothing was done for good. And when I was on a very strong Christian path, they left me alone. It's when I wasn't that I was pulled back into it. And as a child, you it's almost like being trafficked because you really don't have a choice as an adult you do and you know if you're not making the right choices in your life then you know you open yourself up to a lot of things and there was a lot of weird stuff in my family that i could go on and on about but back to your question i don't think they're here for a benevolent purpose i think they're here for some sort of a malevolent you know nefarious means but i don't know what that is i'm not privy to any of that information what they look like i have always been my whole life what people call kind of a sensitive i can i get vibes from people i can tell a lot about people when you know just from the way it feels to be in the presence they give off a very cold presence it's very to me it's in person it's really easy to identify their eyes always look different i can always tell by their eyes i can always tell by their eyes i can always tell by their eyes little bit bigger, a little bit oddly spaced. You know, some of us have closer set eyes, some of us further set eyes. If, but no, very different. And just if you kind of start taking the time to look. I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> mm, yeah. but, you know, so they just have a different look about them. But otherwise, it's, it's really hard to tell. But I do believe they are out in. Yeah. I mean, I know they're because I've been a part of this my whole life. That's what they were trying to do, you know, with me all those years. And if it hadn't happened to me, I don't, I think I'd have a really hard time believing it, honestly, because it just seems so far out. So the timeline, from my understanding, just to kind of go back, it happens when you're really young. And then you said there was like a, a, a break in your teen years. Mm-hmm. And then there was, it sounds like the most activity was in your 20s and 30s. Yes. And when I was not in a good, you know, when my relationship with God wasn't strong, I wasn't, you know, living my best Christian life. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't you know, doing the things like I would normally vulnerable do. Vulnerable in some ways. Mm-hmm. To, oh, yeah. When I was the... falling away, you know, we all, you know, people backslide. That happens. Yeah. And when I was in those times was when it would, the activity would really ramp up. And how many people do you think this is happening to? Oh, I wish I knew. I don't know. No idea. I think it's a lot <laughs> based on. And they're all keeping it quiet. You know, oh, who are you going to tell? Mm-hmm. Your best friend? My best friend doesn't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Your husband? You know, something crazy if I try to talk about it. My husband? Yeah, I've talked to him. I've been married before. Never could talk to those about But um, You know, this is a great marriage. We've been married a long time. Very happy. And he's a very amazing, supporting husband. Mm. That's what it should be, you know? Yeah. You have to have that. Friendship, I think, is so important in marriage, right? Yeah, ride Just or die. Yeah, you yeah. Guys are in it together. yeah, and he's yeah. my ride or die, and I'm his. Yeah, Let's I, go. I uh, Let's yeah. go. That's I what told it him, is. Uh, I, you guys might be uh, 
doing something up in Nashville. And he's like, we'll do it. We'll go. Just let me know. You know, he's just, he doesn't even question. He's just like, if that's what Come you want to do, we'll make it happen. It's fine. That's awesome. You know, he's that guy. So I'm really, really blessed. Yeah. It's totally blessed. So. And that's awesome. You know, you need at least one person in your life that understands what you've been through and what you're going through. Um, but back to your story. So can you describe some of these creatures that you're seeing down there? Like we've heard stories on our show about these insect looking creatures and all kinds of weird stuff. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, there were a lot of different. I mean, I guess technically this sounds like, wouldn't this be considered hybrids, Nephilim type creatures? I mean, I don't really know. I mean, what, I mean, what is, I guess, you know, I guess it depends on what the definition of Nephilim is. If it's just a, the offspring, you know, of a fallen entity, well then I guess, yeah. I mean, if, if it's kind of in a big. Sounds uh, like that's what it is. Yeah. It's just, you know, but these hybrids that are being created now aren't by no means giants. That's for sure. Right. I never saw any large creatures. You know, I grew up around all the Indian mounds. I grew up in central Ohio. We mm-hmm. grew up playing on the Serpent mm-hmm. Mountain, playing on the Hopewell Indian mounds. I oh. swear I had to have been protected being a part of this. I mean, there's just so many reasons why I should have been <laughs> in, all, in just a very bad position doing some of the, in some of the places we were, but we grew up playing around that stuff. We grew up with our parents telling us about how the uh, British museum in this case came and the Smithsonian, but the British museum took all the artifacts from the, um, a lot of the Adena and Hopewell Indian mounds in South central Ohio. Hmm. Oh. Um, and um and there were giant skeletons and things in those mounds as well. And uh, so we grew up knowing that that existed. It was never even a question. Like, yeah, they were there. We know. I know. We that, that that feels like a PG movie now after our show. Giant bones in those mounds compared to the, the, oh, stuff, yeah. the stuff that we're here. It's hearing. like watching yeah. Goonies or something. Yeah. Because yeah. Fritz Zimmerman, he's been all, I've been all those places just because growing Fritz. up, we went. I mean, you went down field yeah. trips to school. You went, had picnics yeah. out there because they, they were on the side of the river and you know, we just grew up around that and we grew up knowing what was in it because everybody knew they were giant right. bones and everybody knew they took them, but everybody knew that they existed. No one, anyone who grew up around those, especially kind of my age or older, I feel like, do you think they were giant bones? I'm like, oh yeah, they took them. We all know. It's crazy, Karen. How many people get mad at us when we talk about that? <laughs> they're, they're so skeptical, but then you do a podcast like this. That's nothing. I mean that's a that's a very very simple story yeah. compared to how much stranger it gets, and it, and this yeah. it, this does feel very like speaking of strange stranger things, you know, like they have these kids and they're trying to teach them this stuff, and they have yeah. these gifts, and they have. I'd never seen it, and honestly, again, it was one of those things I couldn't yeah. watch, you know, knowing yeah, yeah. what I had been through. So I've never been able to watch or do any of those things. Oh, I, I guess it's you. time to start trying because maybe it'll make me feel some kind of kinship or maybe it'll make me feel bad. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and quite honestly, uh, guys, I don't want anything to compare my situation to because all I know is what I know. And I don't want anything to infiltrate that or muddy that. Do you know what I mean? Right. At this point, I would, I wouldn't mind sitting in a room with other people with similar experiences and talking, but I don't want any other kind of influence to come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Hollywood, Holly weird, whatever. It's just, all the movies have so much programming. Yeah. Hmm. You know, uh, conditioning. I mean, but you just, wonder where they get it from, you know, where do they get it from? Well, you know, yeah. You hear the stories, right. About Spielberg getting the footage from one of the actual, um, UFO encounters. Mm-hmm. And then they took it away before he could, the, 
put it and on all the occult like stuff that. we yeah. know that all the cult stuff we know happens too i mean it just really yeah. doesn't it's not a not a mystery i don't think no and the cult stuff is real i mean i grew up oh, in yeah. an area where there was a lot of that growing up and you so know where we, people you know i had not not friends that were close because i was a part of a christian group of friends at that point because we had you know found our way back but you know people had leather bound copies of necronomicon supposedly bound in human skin um, mm. and, and you know i told you that um my grandfather was a high level mason yeah. and i don't mm-hmm. no one ever talked about what level that was no one was ever like oh he's a 33rd degree or whatever no it's just oh he's very important oh he's very high up but we never talked about it but my mother was in eastern star my father was in demolay and i was inducted into rainbow girls when i was 13 and went through the ritual and the whole process. Kind of was a little weirded out about it. See, you know, you have a Bible to make it this kind of Christian thing, but it's not. It's weird. Hmm. And I don't know. You know, I guess it came out because the family lineage. If your whole family's been in it, then hmm. they're going to bring you into it too. And after I got inducted into it, my dad decided to quit his job and move out of state. He didn't want me in it. I don't. I think he knew a lot more than you know. He knew what was. Gnarly stuff, right? yeah. In there. Yeah. yeah. You know, we yeah. were just little girls and they made us walk around these rooms in these long dresses and it was so ritualistic. Hmm. It was just weird. And all these old men hang out. I'm like, talk about grooming. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, not I'm saying anything. Cre- I don't want to get no. in trouble with people in that, right. you know. So you might not want to put that. But the appearances there. of it, right? The appearances of yeah. it. You could get a you could get the idea. Yeah, yeah. it's just Man. The, the appearance of it, you know, thinking back to it at the time, I didn't think much of it. But thinking back to it, I'm like, God, is, that was just kind of creepy. Mm. You know, but I, I thought it was okay because my you know, grandpa was in it, my parents have been in it. So but it was really, really interesting and strange. It would take all these oaths and even for us, for girls, so Rainbow Girls was just the lowest level of it mm-hmm. before Eastern Star. They gave you like this little this stuff when you started. One of the things they gave you was a little miniature white goat skin apron. Weird. Like what they wear, like the men wear in the mm-hmm. yeah, rituals. You know, weird. It's weird. Anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there, but you know, there's a lot of really yeah. weird things like that in my life that kind of now when I think back, line it all up. Sometimes what Luke and I just facilitate is is be a place where someone could share something like this. I, I don't think everyone has as difficult of a story, you know, and and has been through so many hard things. But a lot of people have experiences, and I think what Blurry Creatures is doing, at least for us, is it's just helping other people in the community to be able to be like a sounding board. Because sometimes you just need to talk about it. Like I don't need you to be skeptical. I don't need you to question everything. Yeah. I just need to get this off my chest. And whether it's you saw something, some creature. I mean, all these yeah. all these experiences aren't fun. I mean, I mean, in some ways, doing this podcast, we we thought we were just going to ha- talk about Bigfoot stories, and then it got real heavy real quick. Real crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not exactly yeah. what it ended up. Huh? No. <laughs> and it's not it's not always fun to hear you know to hear people people's stories because it's so hard for them to tell them, but. You know, what we're trying to do is create a community, community for people to share. And if yeah. there's somebody listening right now that is, has had your same experience. You know. What would you say to them? That the hardest thing for me is what I'm doing right now because I've never done it before. Mm. But to, to stay true to your faith in God, you know, stay true to the one 
who created us and who loves us and have faith in that. Because I kind of, you know, there were times when I thought God had abandoned me because I was, went through all those things. And I realized, no, you know, God never abandoned me, saved me. You know, I, I'm still here. I was able to raise a beautiful family. I've been able to have a beautiful life outside of all of that. Mm. You know, I've been able to compartmentalize it, but you know, what else I would say is they're not, they're not good. They're not the good guys, you know, and they try to make you feel or think that they are, and they are not, they're not the good guys. Uh, It's obvious to me based on things that happen, but, you know, they really did try to just kind of pull me in as part of a community. And you're right. It was kind of grooming. You know, I had never really thought about it that way, but they're not the good guys. And it's not a club you want to be in. Don't go out there looking up in the sky and trying to call these things forth to come so you can see them. You don't want to interact with them. You don't want to see them, you know, at least not the evil or the bad ones. You know, I think that there's both, you know, I, th- I really, you know, the more I read the Bible, the more I read the apocryphal texts, <laughs> if I said that right, the more I realize, you know, all of this stuff makes sense. It's all in there mm-hmm. and there's good and there's evil and it's out there. But don't go calling something because it can tell you it's good and most likely it's not. <laughs> you know, I've had angelic, what I believe to be angelic encounters with good beings, you know, that, that God has sent to me, you know, but those are sent to me in a time of need, not because I was like, hey, I want to see you come down, you know, mm. here's where I am. Yeah, don't do that. Mm. Don't mess with it. It's like getting a Ouija board out or, you know. And you, you originally sent us a message because the story that we aired a couple of weeks ago, like Trent's, Trent's experience, you know, and, and yes. pe- people are immediately skeptical when they hear people share these kinds of stories. What do you, yeah. what can you say about his, some of his details to people that are skeptical? And because I know yeah. that unfortunately half of this community is just, they can't, they can't accept a lot of this, which makes it harder for the people who've gone through it. Cause he said he was seeing this future in the eyes of the alien and some, oh, yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, I was trying to remember all that now. <laughs> it's, it's just some Sorry. really wild stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't, you know, I can't say I've ever seen my future in any of that and, and had any of those kinds of wild experiences. I almost kind of feel like the experience as I've had have been so down to, for lack of a better word, down to earth where, you know, cause there were so many humans involved too, mm. but a lot of what he said I could completely relate to. And I just, you know, you can't, discount anyone because like I said, just because it didn't happen to you doesn't mean it's not true. And just because it's not something you've been taught doesn't mean it's not true because, you know, we all know the most skeptical person out there. If you ask him, well, do you think the government keeps secrets? They're going to be, yeah, of course they do. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's a given. So, you know, what, what do you think they're keeping secret? Yeah. I mean, so (laughs) what could those secrets be? Well, God only knows. I mean, you know, only God knows really at this point and Mm -hmm. some of the government people, I guess, but even they don't, you know, my um, aunt had a special friend, boyfriend, a special friend growing up that she would hang out with. (laughs) She wasn't married, but he was a military guy who would visit her when he would come through town. And he was, I don't know what his rank was. I'm not going to say the name she called him because I, but it wasn't his real name. She used to tell a story how he took her. He was really excited. She came and he took her to a facility to show her some of the fun stuff they were working on. Mm. And they were walking. And so they went in this one room and they had to stay on this, like a carpet kind of path down the middle of the room. Don't 
step off of this. You know, she's a bunch of other military officers. I can't believe they took her here, but she, the way she told the story, you knew she was, it was real. And he hands her a penny. He's like, go ahead, throw it off the path. And she throws it off the path and it just disappears into the space. Hmm. Wow. He, he told her it was some kind of a project to like transport people. You know, I think of like the Philadelphia experiment movie, yeah. that kind of thing. That's kind of what it sounded like when she would describe it. Hmm. Anyways, you know, a lot of weird things like that cross our family's path. So, and I don't know what the connection is. I've never been able to figure that out. I'm trying to write down, you know, notes as I remember things. Like I can't keep track of things because there's just too much. Hmm back to your question. Yeah, I can, I can relate to it, but like I said, there's a lot out there that we don't understand, but it doesn't mean it's, it's not real. It doesn't mean it's not happening, mm. you know? And as a Christian, I would admonish people to look into their Bible a little bit further because you can find answers for almost everything in there. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. Can I, I just want to thank you for yeah. the story in general. No, no I, I mean, I think I, what's impressed upon me, I think a lot when we talk to people, especially when you have so much trauma is that the God is still and always has been in the business of redemption. Yeah. Like you, you, you talk about being trafficked basically and here you are able to sit and, and talk about the goodness of God and, and, and the times that the things that he's given you. And that's, that's an incredible perspective. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's miraculous for all intents and purposes, it's miraculous that that's where it is. And I just, so I, I want to encourage you that man, like, like I can't, I can't fathom some of these things, and the fact that that you hold on and the God and hold on to God and God's held on to you—it's it's miraculous. There's nothing short of that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm very humbled by God's love for me because I don't, I don't, I know I don't deserve it, and I know I, you know, I've fallen short. But every time I run away, the Bible says we all earth, fall short, right? right? I'm the chief of the sinners and the least of the saints. You know, I mean, every time I stray from the herd, He goes after me. And that's why I'm able to hold on to that. And because that love is just so profound and so much bigger than all these big, terrible things that have happened. God's yeah. love is so much bigger, you know? Yeah. And it, when I see these, when I look into the eyes of my kids and my grandkids, I see that, you know, you see that miracle every day, you know, and there's just, there's just so much to it, you know? Hmm. So it's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. There's a lot of times I just want to give up. I have had a lot of, you know, times where I didn't know if I was going to be able to go on <laughs> because this stuff hits you really, really hard. It battled, you know, a lot of demons hmm. literally and figuratively in my life. So literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not easy, but it's really hard to talk about. I mean, it's just, I can't believe I'm talking about it now. <laughs> oh, we appreciate it. Thanks for just, trusting us with your story. I, yeah. I have had a, um, we did have a, maybe a Bigfoot encounter. <laughs> hmm. We, uh, hey. we stopped at a, um, we used to have a bigger RV and I, we homeschooled one of my kids for a year or two. And, um, we stopped in Nashville to spend the day. And so we had an RV park is outside of town, middle of the woods kind of RV park. And we get there and we get out and it's just smells so bad and we're like is there is it the bathhouse you know there's always a shower or bathroom house somewhere there like no and yet our dog wouldn't get out of the rv this dog is a runner okay (laughs) every kid in the neighborhood knew him because if you open the door this dog is out of here gone yeah he's gone and he wouldn't get out and then he was always you know first one out when we'd stop and so i thought well yeah maybe there's an animal around we went 
walked up and down the beetle, came back, and the smell is still so bad. It's right around our RV. And just, we both looked at each other and we're like, I do not have a big, we didn't, no one said it. We just like, I, I just had a really uneasy feeling, like a really creepy, bad, uneasy feeling. Dog still wouldn't go out. Dog didn't go outside for like 16, 18 hours. Oh. We need to know, we're going to have to find out where this part, RV park mm-hmm. is. Oh yeah, made. I can look it up and tell you. It's just right yeah, up. We, we need this. <laughs> it was, I've never smelled anything like that. When I grew up on a farm, I've never smelled anything like that in my life. Mm. No. All right, Nate, get, get that trailer out. Yeah, let's go. We're going to go find Harry. I don't know. Yep, just, just Harry, though. Just Harry, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to see him on the other mountain ridge and just wave, and that's that's my encounter. Yeah. From far away. Exactly. <laughs> I don't really want to have him. A lot of these things are best seen at a distance, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. go calling them. Honestly, I just think it's a, if, if for anything to smell like that, it's got to mm. be real, and it's got to be some kind of a just organic creature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you, you didn't you didn't encounter any creature type like down there besides the grays. That was the most. Oh no, you know that's funny. Yes, yes, there were more than just. I mean, the little grays. There were bigger grays who weren't like the little ones, but they looked like Emmeline, like a bigger version, like almost double the size. Maybe they were smart, but they weren't very nice. Mm. I'll tell you honestly, most of them weren't very nice. Then there were the lizardy looking guys mm. and so i told you that the the one that the guy that i was always with you know we we got close i mean what i would call just a, a comfortable relationship he was he really helped me through a lot of it and was kind to me and i could tell he had a sort of an affection for me <laughs> honestly it was you know kind of a close relationship but the one time where things were happening he this and i still you know i'm like did i really see that it's one of those times where it's like it was like almost a tv screen staticky kind of change and he was his eyes went like yellow like a from kind of they were like a gold brown to like a gold yellow weird and you could just see his whole body was just covered and like i want to say like a scaly but not like fishy scales (laughs) That's so hard to describe. Almost looked like tattooed on. If that makes any sense. But he changed. He shapeshifted right in front of me, and it was it was like a moment of vulnerability where he kind of let his guard down, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> wow. And we just kind of it was just kind of a given that okay, I know this about you now, but he didn't ever appear that way in front of anyone. Hmm. But there were a yeah. lot of strange looking things. I honestly have a hard time thinking about the ones that look like praying mantis faces because they were so scary as a child that that is an extremely traumatic thing to even try to talk about Mm. but those kind were down there too and they were they just didn't look real they didn't look right there were a lot of different things in those different areas that i was in well tim talked about that on on some of his episodes and then trent talked about that as well too and it's it sounds like we've heard we've you're the, you're the third person to talk about it on the show, so it's it's definitely oh. it's definitely okay. come up a lot, and I think it's just the weirder looking the creature, the more unbelievable it is for some people. But mm-hmm. oh god, they're weird, yeah. Not not even necessarily their their abilities of what they can do. It's just their their appearance. It's like if it looks strange, yeah. then people go, oh, "That doesn't exist," because it looks strange. But you know, yeah. but if it looked like a human, it was floating up and down. Oh, that's fine. But no, they had that. Hmm. 
that face like a praying mantis, you know, yeah. kind of triangly, bulgy kind of eye things and but kind of on the side more than on the front. It just didn't make sense. You know, it's like seeing something animated or, you know, when you put when a dog has they put a human voice on a dog. And, you know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. Your brain. I know you don't want to talk about it, but what, what are they doing? Like, what's their job? What are they? Oh, those guys were definitely somebody important, like in control kind of guys. They didn't awesome. talk to the likes of me or the people that were around me. So, you know, you could tell there's a hierarchy in there for sure. And I, you know, I honestly, the thing that blows my mind is just how many regular people were there working, doing stuff. I don't know what they were all doing. You know. pun- Punching the time clock. And yeah. But, weird stuff. I can't even imagine. That's I mean, I wonder how many people still work in, you know, with things like this. And it feels like this. Obviously, it still goes on. And there were just di- so many different rooms and different people and different things going. Huge, huge facility. I mean, I would, you know, even if I could figure out find it i don't know how to find my way out of one you know when they're like you know don't leave because this is what's out here I'm like how am i gonna find my way out of here you know and that's what you have <laughs> and you think that's what the ufos are they're, they're transporting people oh yeah for sure i mean that is there is so much going on underground and in my theory i started watching that um skinwalker ranch show last year mm-hmm. just because out of curiosity yeah. and i'm like why is this so hard for you to understand you're doing this shit above an underground base they're not going to let you down there why do you think they're it just to me it makes perfect sense because you're over a base there's all kinds of radioactive things going on down there there's all kinds of activity down there Hmm. of course they're trying to stop you but they can't tell you why you know it's so to me it's a no-brainer i'm like duh yeah that's just and all of those places out there of course there's paranormal unexplained activity and you know, sightings you're in the area of all that but hmm. they're everywhere and people you know i'm just a girl next door type i mean you know and if that was my life growing up you know i can't imagine but i know there were a lot of people down there against their will and i was one of the lucky ones do you do you think that they let you remember some things that they don't let other people remember because you I don't have... know. That's an interesting thought. Maybe. I mean, I, w- I really don't know because I don't know what they let other people remember because right. I haven't had the, you know, honestly, I've never talked to anyone who's had a similar experience. I'd love to, but I've never, you know, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm just finding the courage to start talking about it. It's a really hard thing to do because you right. just, it sounds too wild to be true, you know. Right. You know, even just doing this show, like now that we're two and a half years into it, it's, we can listen to all of these things because we've heard rumblings of a lot of this stuff. And you hear it once and you're like, ah, and you hear it again and again and again. And then another personal encounter and another thing. And you're just like, okay, there's something to this. So now, you know, I, we appreciate you just coming on our show and, and trusting us. And I know that it's, yeah. I don't know if I could talk to anybody about it either, you know, so. Yeah, it's hard, but I think it's time for me to do it. I don't want the story to die with me. And I don't want to pretend it didn't happen anymore because I don't, I think we're on the cusp of, of bigger things coming out. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's so funny is after I told LA my, this, you know, a lot of this story, it was just after that, that the government came out admitting to the, the pregnancy, to the pregnancy stuff. And that other pregnancy stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Admitting that, well, yeah, that's happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they've been involved in it for a long time, mm. and it's going to start coming out. I mean, 
the world is a much smaller place than it was. It is, especially now with all the connect connectivity too. Yeah, I mean, we're able to talk without trying to figure out how to get from you know up north same down room. here in Texas. We're, all, we're kind of in the same room, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of. Well, yeah. And what I told LA too is, I, I'm not talking because I want anything from any of this. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not looking for anything. I'm. I think I'm just looking for some release for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe to find out if anyone else out there has had a similar experience that, or to hold out hope hope to someone who has, because this can be the kind of thing that really makes you question whether you want to go on. Mm -hmm. And God's love is greater than any of that. You know, don't give up because you can, you can conquer this. You know, God can conquer this. You can't, but God can. Mm. And, and can give you that. So there's a mic drop yeah, right there. Karen. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 the that's the truth. Well, we're hoping for the same then. I know that when LA's film comes out and then yeah. you know, we'll have this episode that you know, I it's like it's like your testimony, right? You yeah. you don't never really you don't always understand why God puts you through things. No. I have but wondered I literally think a hundred out of a hundred times it's because somebody else has experienced something similar and your story of, of redemption and salvation can can lead them to the same mm-hmm. place. And I think that's that's what's amazing about the way that God works. And so we're grateful for it your story. Is. We're grateful for your time mm-hmm. here and for and for sharing yeah. this crazy stuff. I mean, this this oh. really, really personal, like personal and, and like scary to talk about things with us. Like it's, it's weird. I can't believe we've talked for so long. But know, no, right? and, and thank you for just listening and not you just don't expect anyone to want to hear it or to even believe it. And I'm not whether you believe it or not, but I'm just saying it's, you know, my truth is my truth. And if there is someone out there who is lost because of something like this. Right before this, I was on the phone with Laura Sanger and she's bringing, she's bringing on somebody who on, on, in November next month, actually a month from tomorrow, I think someone who's survived satanic ritual abuse and so Luke and, oh, yeah. and she's like disguising her voice and everything else. So, uh, <laughs> all that to say is, is it, it, be, it seems to be more and more something that we're supposed to do on this, on this show. And I appreciate you yeah. trusting us to relay these things. Like all we're doing is asking questions and putting it back out there. So we'll put it out there. And, and if you want to be a part, I know this is kind of like Luke and I were, we're talking about doing blurry con, but it would be cool to maybe include some of these stories live too with with yeah. what we're doing in february um we haven't really talked about that much it's still kind of in, in oh, this is the first conversation <laughs> we're having about this right, yeah. right now karen so welcome yeah. welcome to our blurry board yeah. meeting good to have you oh, I love but, you board but if you but i, I mean that. i don't know i just feel the spirit of like, like if, if if the goal of this is to help mm-hmm. people some of the stuff needs yeah. to come out in the more the grandest context that's all luke and i are trying to do is provide a place for people to come together and share their experiences and and then encounter and encounter jesus literally yeah, isn't that funny how you start out to do one thing and god's like oh here's my path for you the church you is know? afraid to talk about this stuff and a podcast is just easy yeah. it's just me and luke and no one's going to shut it down so we can we don't have to yeah. worry about any of the politics yeah. and we're pretty anonymous you know yeah. it's speaking with you at this point too but no i'd be I'd be very comfortable okay. and happy to do that because let's talk, let's I think it's important now to, because I know there's a lot of people my age, younger, older, who've been through this and don't have an outlet for it, mm, yeah. you know, or don't know what to do with it, which is where I was for a long time. And it was, like I said, that's a scary place to be, and you know, without, without Jesus, without mm. salvation, you know, it can it can take you down. 
Yeah. Right. We need it. We all need a savior, right? Gotta keep looking up, but looking up for him, not for them. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't look for them. Look for him. <laughs> well, thanks, Karen. Appreciate you so much. And all right. If you, well, no worries. We'll keep in touch. And okay. if you ever want to okay. talk more about it, you know, if I think of other things, if you want, I can always email you or text yeah. you. Um, sure you know, can. as I'm piecing yeah. more and more parts together, the more I talk about it, the more it kind of starts to flow back. And the more I can relax into it, the more I allow myself to remember it. So yeah. awesome. it helps. But yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Guys. And we'll let you know if anyone reaches out to us and wants to connect. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to connect you if anyone reaches out. So. Okay. No, that's great. Yeah. And I'm on your, you know, I'm out there in all the groups and stuff. Okay. So I finally was able to to do that, which I'm I'm happy to. So I'll try to join the next uh, group chat too. Awesome. Thanks, Karen. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. You have a blessed evening. You too. You too. Thank, Thank you, you for all you do. Mm. God bless you and your families. And um, mm. I look forward to talking to you again sometime in the future. Yeah, so, we thanks will. Thanks so much. All right. Take care, guys. Bye, Karen. Bye.